Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 291. And the way we go. the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more breaker. Rick Flair needs a boy about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty. I am back, joined, as always, my faithful co-host, Markish Schwan. Markish, uh, great job last week, man. I could not make it. I had an endoscopy, so I put me out of commission. I could not come here last week to do the show. Uh, Mark Schwan, you took the reins, and I say you knocked out of the ballpark, buddy. Good job. What, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I could, remember, remember, I didn't. I, remember I could do the show I last wasn't. Week? Remember I the- wasn't able to do the show last week. I, I oh, that's you right. You that. weren't. You told me you would have. Oh, yeah, buddy. I got you. <laughs> I got you. As a co-host, I'll gladly step up and fulfill your thing. Obligation. You told me yes. Well, I was like, oh, sweet. Let me some Mark well, Schwan co-host the show. Always a banger. Always a surprise guest when Mark Schwan hosts. And then all of a sudden, okay. I go to tune into my uh, iTunes Podbean library. And uh, no, there's no episode 291. I, I texted you to let you know, hey, man, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do the show today. I did let you know. Whilst uh, I was under, knocked out, maybe I didn't check my messages then. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, I, I do have a good reason. I okay. do have a good reason why. Um, I, feel like I, a big announcement's I, coming. I did sign an NDA for this, but since the show comes out late Sundays, early Mondays, I think I'd see it from you to say this. Your boy, Mark Schwann was filming a Super Bowl commercial with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> for real. <laughs> That's cool for it's what? Like, it, uh, for Samsung. So it, it's going to mm-hmm. be played actually right after the Super Bowl. Okay, cool. Good job. Congratulations. That's cool. cool. You beat him? Thank you. Yeah. Met, met him. Talked with him. Had multiple conversations really? with him. Yeah. Awesome guy. Like, mad cool. And you couldn't, like, bring uh, me on to set at all? Like, I signed, like, multiple NDAs. Like, I couldn't. You were so selfish, man. I, I've been sitting on this for what a week or two now. <laughs> Not a lot to talk about it. Uh, I love Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. So that's fucking cool, man. Congratulations. Thank is you. Is it a speaking part you. or is it just a? Uh, it's like a commercial. So the, the the way commercials work, uh, especially in SAG, is like you're in it. Uh, you get paid very very well for it. But if your face, sometimes it's weird because you, like your face will be featured like heavily. And then you get paid extra extra money or as far as uh, residuals go. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just don't make the cut or your it's your body being seen or whatever. And you miss out on the residuals. So uh, fingers crossed. Oh, you don't know yet. That I made the actual cut. Like, there's, there's, you know, with the camera's on me. So. Do you have any speaking lines or is it just your background face? No, no. It's, it's, it, commercials work different with that. Hmm. Like you can, you can be, uh, you consider principal, you're considered a principal when you make your residuals. This is your first uh, Super Bowl commercial? Yeah. No, it's not Jimmy Fallon's first. No, it's not. His last one, his guest was uh, John Cena. So you're in good company. <laughs> Play six, it was six, pretty funny. Six degrees of Mark Schwann. I can connect Jimmy Fallon and John Cena now. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. It was funny. We were talking, about, the, game, we were talking about this scene. We were talking about, uh, about football in general. Uh, so, oh my man, that's so cool, man, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that's pretty good. Thanks. Oh, congratulations, man. That's fucking cool. I uh, will give you a pass then, I guess, for dropping the ball on the show. Nice. I was going to say, there's a reason why I couldn't do it. It was a long day of filming. So, so when do I get tickets for the show? Like, or when? When you kind of figure you're thinking of me then? I couldn't come to the set. Maybe you hooked me up some other way. Uh, you know, tickets for those shows are they're free. Very hard to fucking get though. They're only available for one day. I've been trying for the last five years. Really? Yeah. I got tickets for a Stephen Colbert pretty easy. Exactly. <laughs> what does that say about you? By the way, how was that? That was awesome. That was a really cool experience. I'm a big Steve, on big Stephen Colbert right? fan. Or, or January? Uh, 
January. Yeah, yeah. We went, actually, Martin Luther King Day. That's cool. Yeah, I always try oh, yeah. tickets for. Uh, I don't drive every month because it's hard to get. But for Jimmy Fallon or Seth Meyers, I try to get these tickets, and they're very hard because they they sell out right quick. Um, so, I got one. I got Seth Meyers like once a couple years ago. And that was fun. I when I when I did it for Kobe, I thought it was going to be like a long process too. Uh, so I did it like a month ahead of time. My wife and I knew like we were both available that date, so we selected for uh, to go for that day. So yeah, it was about a month uh, beforehand. So maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, NBC does it a month ahead of time too. So it is here. We are in the beginning of February. So March tickets probably went on sale last week. Not on sale, but available. Yeah, it's like a lottery. Yeah, yeah. You know what lottery I always want to get? Saturday Night Live, man. Every every year I send the email in, never get picked. Dude, I should probably send you like I'll get emails to do like background on Saturday Night Live. I've never done it. I should probably like forward that over to you. Yeah, I'll do it. No problem. Let me go. Get paid to do uh, Saturday Night Live. I hear it's an amazing experience. You don't get paid that much. Don't need to. But like, I, I ever, everyone I've ever talked to that ever did it, they just say it's an amazing experience. Do I have to be SAG? Oh, this is not yeah, paying. You, you do. How do we get no, Saturday Night? How do we get Saturday Night Live? Is SAG? How do we get in SAG? How do you get in SAG? Yeah. Practice? Amazing. No, not even practice. Like, there, there's there are different ways to get into SAG. All right, I'll talk about that. Yeah, all but it's all about it off air. I feel like I feel like it would be take too much time in here, Tully. Please, people don't care about that. No, they don't. Or maybe someone does. I don't know. Do you think people care about the Olympics? Are you watching the Olympics this year? I think I asked you this last time. I don't care about the Olympics at all. My wife does. I was talking to my mom today. Never have cared about the Olympics before. Like, I'll glance up every now and then. Like, oh, that was cool. But that's about it. I think the only thing I ever cared about Olympics wise, and it's in the Summer Olympics, is soccer. Really? That's it. Yeah. What about you? you? You're big into it or no? Big into the Olympics. Always loved it. Always grew up watching it every year, every incarnation of it. Love the Olympics. I'm, I'm more of a winter Olympics guy. Okay. I grew up level watching the luge, the bobsledding, the skiing, skating is amazing. But this year, for some reason, I just can't get into it this year. I don't know because it's fucking wrestling's on every night this time. I have no time to watch it. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, this year I'm not really... There's no big storylines going into it this year. No big... Superstars, except that Asian um, Mr. Chen uh, figure skating who killed it. Yeah, I'm just, this year I'm just kind of I'm sad because I usually love it, but this year I'm just very blah about it. You know, you just kind of like segue into the wrestling here. You just reminded me of a conversation I had with with uh, somebody. I think it was Carson. I was I was bringing up your whole theory about like another promotion, like a third a third promotion uh, coming about, right? Fourth. Right, fourth. or fourth. Yeah. I would say fourth because Impact is definitely doing well. But he brought up a good point, saying like, "What time slot? What day would that be on?" Even like the, the wrestling's oversaturated right now. There's no room for another promotion. What do you think about that, buddy? I agree. We had the same conversation a couple weeks ago when we talked about how you think Rampage needs to be an extra hour. I'm like, well, then you, like they have to go against SmackDown. Todd said they go from ten to twelve. He says it's too late. They have to bleed into SmackDown. Again, because again, there's no other there's no other options, man. There's no other openings. Raw's three hours. Everything else is eight to ten. It's like unless you, unless you squeeze in like a one hour show from ten to eleven one night. But so with with all this talent that's out there, then uh, because there's there there more there's more talent than like spots available on any TV program right now. Yeah, I I think maybe then it's just a time for the indies to rise up. Like you know, GCW and you know, H uh, Hog, New Te- uh, was it New Texas Wrestling? Mm. Like you know, these bigger promotions, maybe even the smaller ones, to like rise up, come together, and you know, get these talents, utilize them. Also, I was a big fan of Conan O'Brien. You know, obviously he's one of my guys I look up to the most. And he left his long-running late-night show to start an um a variety show on HBO Max. Okay. Nobody's, nobody's really doing that on the streaming services, really, if you think about it. At least nobody in the mainstream, anyway. And one of his things is, streaming is going to be the, where it's at in the future. Streaming is the place to be. I want to be in the forefront of it. Maybe a company signs to HBO Max. Maybe a company signs to Hulu and becomes the first streaming service of a professional. Oh, season. that would be cool. That would be very cool. That will make it easier. You can watch, we can watch it anytime. Maybe you watch it, stream it live, but I can watch it on demand after. Maybe build up a couple of weeks like we do with um, Peacemaker. 
watched like four episodes in a row. I'm sure. I'm sure that's an open market is untapped. Wrestling and the streaming services outside the course of the network, it's a uh, it's wide open. I feel like that would be an avenue that like Impact should explore because they would definitely get like a bigger audience than what they have now. If they so. went that route, yeah. I mean, they dipped their toes in it when they went to that mountain and fishing network for a while that no one cared about. No one had. They simulcast on Twitch, so I guess that's kind of dipping their toes in. But full fledged streaming, I think that's the way to go next. So there's, there's a company out there. Yeah, if, say if it's like Amazon, Netflix, or yeah. whatever. What name a, name a streaming service here? Yeah, right. If if they were to do that, someone's telling me like Pluto is playing TNA stuff. Really, it's surprising because they have yeah. TNA has Impact has their own service. So I'm surprising. Like, that's what someone's telling me. Like I I Who have Pluto. Pluto. I've you... never really explored it. I never heard of anybody having Pluto. <laughs> I do. I, I there was something I guess I wanted to watch in there, like a movie. And I was like, all right, I'll just download this. Mm. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that apparently. I was talking to someone yesterday that TNA is on there. That's cool. Not shit. Impact necessarily, yeah. but like TNA. That's cool. TNA is awesome, man. Check it out, man. Well worth it. Give you give oh, you a totally. reason to tune into Pluto. <laughs> Mark Spawn, now the official sponsor for Pluto. Next year's Pluto Super Bowl TV. commercial. Yes, yes. Start, 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 that ma- one. start manifesting it now. <laughs> Wear the merch. I don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck. No, man. I have a, I have a baby coming board, man. Buy me out. I'll sell out. <laughs> I'll gladly sell out. Mark Schwann, have you not learned anything in the wrestling world? What's that? You're not selling out. You're buying in. Hell yes. I'll drink to that. Cheers. And heels. Speaking of drinking to that, nice stone cold beer you got there, buddy. Ah, thank you, my man. First time I've seen that on the show. There's a recommendation from Cheyenne Ortiz. Well, when he was guest on the show here, he brought this up. I was like, you know what? I have to try this. I, I was at the grocery store where I shop at Stu Leonard's. Give a shout out to Stu Leonard's small business in the Northeast area. Uh, they carry this. I was curious. It's pretty damn good. Gets the job done. So I wanted to get it when it first came out, but of course it was only available in like two stores in California somewhere. Mm. So I've never been able to find it. I know a couple of people have, but it's been out of state. So now that it's here in New York, that's fucking cool. I'll keep an eye out. I'm not a big fan of that oh, beer, especially that type, but I'll take, definitely give it a, a shot. I'm not an IPA guy by any means. Neither I'm I. not. Because I, I, I'm, I hate when it's like too hoppy. You know, you, you can call me like old school, but I, I usually go for like a Bud Light. You know, I mean, well, that, that's, that's, that's what it goes, yeah. That's where I go. Not Bud Lime. Easy. Bud Lime, uh, That's my jam. That used to be my jam. Me and Matt Corona. This, the Broken Skull IPA, it does have a little hop, but like it's not overbearing. It, it tastes good. Six point percent alcohol content. It's it's a pretty big can here. So one of these, I'm not a big drinker anymore, but one of these uh, it, it does me in a little bit. This is going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun show. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Boom, boom. When Mark Schwann starts singing, you know, he's feeling it. How about we see what's trending this week, Mark? What's going on? What did the Twitterverse have to say this week? All right. So it looks like Becky Lynch and Ric Flair got into it again on Twitter. So the man, Becky Lynch, at Becky Lynch WWE, quotes, Work so hard, your heroes become your rivals. Then become so good, Ric Flair loses his mind every time you breathe. Becky Lynch, February 2022. All right, Becky. So apparently what she's referencing, uh, thank you to Female Locker Room at Female L Room. She tweets, the man, big time Bex, Becky Lynch still has Ric Flair upset. So the, the, she shares what Sportskedia said uh, with Ric Flair's statements here. Once again, she's not Ronnie. She's Ronda Rousey. And anybody who's stupid enough to call her Ronnie and make a joke of her presence, what she brings to the company is out of their mind, a.k.a. what is her name now? Big Time Bex. Hey, Ronnie, welcome back. That's exciting. That's really exciting. How about thank you, Ronda, for showing up because I'm not the man anymore. I'm generic. Who am I? Big Time Bex? The last kicker? I don't know. That's a quote from Ric Flair. So, you know, it, it got Twitter talking quite a bit here. Is, is, is Becky Lynch living in Ric Flair's? I mean, wh- wh- why does he keep on bringing her up, man? Like, is, should, he, should he just let this go? You know, I listened to the Ric Flair podcast, and I heard this Wednesday when it came out. Uh, this isn't the first time it happened, like you mentioned. Ric Flair's beef goes on 
not only with her, but the WWE in general for the whole man trademark. That's his okay. trademark. He fought W trying to trademark it because that was his. I think legally he has to be the man. That's his trademark. And he's thinking it's the same thing. So he had a long, this long ass court battle with them, and he won. Uh, did he win or just did, did, w, uh, did WWE just drop it? I believe he won, but I don't. I could be mistaken. I don't know offhand, so I'm, I can't I, really speculate. I could have sworn. I could have sworn WWE just dropped it. Hence, I mean, Ric Flair didn't won in technicality here. Wow! So when that came about, like, he was, he was a little braggadocious on the show. Not so much him, but Mark Madden was. That's why Becky Lynch is not called the man anymore. That's where Big Time Bex came around. So I don't know That's if it's fine. I don't know if it's some sort of he felt disrespected by her taking his moniker or what. But yeah, I, but didn't they talk about this beforehand? Did, didn't he like willingly, willingly like, yeah, you are the man? Like, wasn't that a thing? Not that I'm aware of. Like, Ric Flair was part of WWE when Becky Lynch was being called the man. That's why he probably. That's a fact. That's why he might have let them get away with it. But now that he's not there anymore, that's his. He's going to use it. Pay up. All right, fine. So it stopped. So right? like, um, Be- Becky Lynch is not the man anymore. She's big time Bex. Yeah, Move on. I think he does his chip on the or, or, or does this, does, this, does this have to do with like Be- Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair? Is he, is he just like, is he, is he backing up his daughter? Oh, he always backs up his daughter. But this is in the context of their conversation with this. She was not mentioned at all. I'm not a fan of the whole Ronnie thing either, by the way. I get it, what he was oh, saying oh. when it came. Like, uh, I get what he's saying with that. But it was kind of rude. I don't know. Rude. Becky Lynch is the champ. Becky Lynch is big, big time Bex. She's also a heel. This is also a character to get people worked up. Ric Flair is being worked, bro. That's what I think. I think if, if Ronda Rousey really had a problem with it, Ronda Rousey would be speaking up. I don't think Ronda Rousey needs anyone fighting her battles for her, especially not Ric Flair. Hmm. I don't know about that. You don't know about that? You don't think Ronda Rousey could fight her own battles? No, she does. I don't think she was like okay with it i don't think she'd be like oh do you mind if i call you ronnie i don't think that's a cop of conversation i don't think it's becky lynch just being a becky lynch becky lynch has been calling ronnie uh ronda Ra- ronnie since the beginning for the whole feud yeah or if i didn't have a podcast then now it's his, it's his forum to express his displeasure with it that's his opinion all right it, it just seems like whatever becky lynch does it just gets underneath the skin like becky lynch is living in rick flair's what was, head what was rent like, free what's the end of that rent quote? free he says, uh, thank you, Ronda, for showing up because I'm not the man anymore. I'm generic. Who am I? Big time Bex. The last kicker. I don't know. That's what he says. I'll disagree with her being generic. She's yeah, she, she, generic. she has many monikers. She, she came out with the last kicker. That was mediocre. Almost got her released. Then she became the man as, as there were, you know, we know where that had led. But to be calling her generic, that was the one that, what is his problem with her? That, like, I, his I, opinion, okay, like, I, he's, he's entitled to his opinion. He made some valid points in certain things, but to call her generic, I think, might lead to your point of there being some sort of animo- underlying animosity here. And maybe I she- think Ric Flair, it's making Ric Flair sound like an old man who, who can't let go of a grudge. Or, or it's making him thirsty for the spotlight because he knows whatever he's saying about Becky Lynch is going to get attention. One of the two. Either way, it's not a good Ric Flair. I'm not a fan of the rest of that podcast episode because they went on to bash Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn's killing it right now. So right now, I think their their opinions are a little bit warped, out of touch. Okay, out of touch, out of touch. You know, it's it's outdated. If anything, you know, there there are things that old timers in wrestling that say that hold some weight that could be true. Oh, yeah. But things do things do evolve. You know, like for a long time. You know, the old-timers thought the whole DX thing, the whole uh, curtain call at Madison Square Garden was atrocious. Yeah, whole oh, man. It was an embarrassment to the oh, business. Huge. Broke kayfabe. Every old-timer thought that. But it changed the game quite a bit, did it not? Yep. Totally. For the better, some would say. Some. So I, I think we're seeing another thing here, you know. Like, things are changing, and, you know, the old-timers, they're going to say their thing. Some some of it could be true. Some of it could just be outdated stuff. But Ric Flair, listen, he has had a bit. He has had a good look in the Twitterverse or the internet for almost a year now. Uh, ever since the whole uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode came out, 
and he's just not doing himself any favors, especially with like Becky Lynch is just so over, you know, and not for nothing. I mean, Becky Lynch, she owns everybody on Twitter. That was a great comeback on her part. I thought right? that was, uh, totally was. Great way to shut everybody up, shut down the end of the conversation. Oh, what, what, is, what is her reaction going to be? How's Rick Flair going to respond? And there's no way he can respond to that. Boom. Let's move on. Conversation over. And I'm, well done. And I'm sure, like, you, you know, I don't know if you saw uh, on uh, the Broken Skull, the podcast, Becky Lynch was on. I see that one, though. Fabulous, fabulous episode, by the way. Um, Becky Lynch, like, it, it was really well done. Even my wife, who's not a wrestling fan, was like, wow, this, this is really good. Uh, Stone Cold crushed it. But, you know, it seems like Becky Lynch uh, does want to move past the whole Charlotte Flair stuff. She doesn't think it's going to happen while they're both active in WWE. But she's hoping, like, you know, when both their careers are over, they could go back to being friends again. But I don't think this Ric Flair, like, Ric Flair, like, putting his two cents in every single chance he gets helps the matter. Also, in that podcast episode, they were talking about other wrestlers and how they like this guy. I think Kevin Owens, he's very high in Kevin Owens. Because uh, Kevin Owens has always been very respectful to him, and he—I forgot who it was. Um, this one current superstar doesn't give him the time of day. Doesn't come up to Ric Flair. Doesn't talk to him. Doesn't acknowledge him. And he feels like that's a disrespect. You know, the younger guys should acknowledge and pay respect to the people who came before them. I would agree with that. Yeah, very disrespectful. And I guess that eats away at him. It's one of his pet peeves. So there's got to be some sort of disrespect here. I don't know what Be- behind the scenes Becky Lynch said something to him or did something to him too, but. The more we talk about it, the more I'm realizing there's, there's got to be some sort of personal animosity. It can't just be the man gimmick. No. No, because maybe, that, that was... Maybe you are right. Maybe, maybe it is Charlotte. I don't see how it's connected, but maybe Charlotte Flair said something to him, and he took it per- personally, and he's done defending his daughter, I guess, taking her side. It could all go back probably. to that, but who knows? Because like, the whole man thing, that's not that's not a Becky Lynch thing, per se. That's that's more of like WWE executives. They're the one that's, that, that comes up with creatives and the merchandise and all that and yeah. the, the monikers uh of course you know talent does have some say but overall i mean that's wwe's ruling so wwe dropped the lawsuit or or rick flair won either way rick flair did ultimately win in that and becky lynch has moved on to a new moniker so it, it can't be that it can't be that who knows still a very interesting podcast check it out fair enough so moving on here to AEW news macho beard at macho beard for life tweets a quote from Andrew Zarian. I know for a fact that people in WWE are interested in her, Jade Cargill, now that they've gotten to see what she can do on TV. So there's rumors that Jade Cargill could possibly go to WWE because, hey, WWE, they have the money. They have their eyes set on her. Putty, what do you think about this? Do you think there's a chance Jade Cargill could wind up in WWE? There's always a chance. Them to be high on her and want her in the company yeah no shit she's taking that woman division by storm but she's 27 and 0 now they start they're gonna start building this undefeated storyline angle with her and i've been high on her since i first saw her i think she's gonna be huge in this business so there's no does not surprise me at all w wants her in does she go again i've said numerous times you don't buy in this business unless you step foot in wb ring so i would like to see wow. her i'd like to see her give it a go you look at the track record she's not a homegrown talent she's famous for somebody else they don't do well with people who made their name elsewhere, outside AJ Styles. Yeah, I was going to say, AJ Styles seems to be like the only one that really broke through with that. And so, Goldberg, I guess, to a degree. I guess to a degree. So I'm curious to see where she would fit into the woman picture anyway. Especially still the four horse women who are homegrown talent. And you know, Bianca Belair now, owning the main event scene now. Where does she fit in? I'm curious to see where she would. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this happens. You do hope it happens. Okay, that was, that was my next question to see yeah. if like, this is something you do want to see. Jade Cargill, I mean, listen, she's the total package, bro. Yeah. You know, she, she's a modern version of China, but probably more athletic, which is a dangerous, dangerous woman right there. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's, she's got everything you'd want in a superstar, yep. male or female. And she's got the charisma. She's got the look. She's got the in-ring ability. She's a moneymaker. So, of course, yeah, WWE would want her. They see what she's doing. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want that. Listen, at some point in time here, and, and it's been cool, Tony Khan has said, listen, we, we can't keep everyone here under contract. That's a fact, especially since they're bringing more and more people in. Yeah, of course we'll get not. more to that later. So, eventually, we're going to see a big, probably going to see a big-time AEW person go to WWE. Yeah. 
could Jade Cargill be that first person? Would it be MJF? Who do you think will be the one? Out of those two options, I think Jade Cargill is more likely. Not necessarily just out of those two options, but like who? Like, do you think you think Jade Cargill, no matter what, will be the one to go to WWE? Be the first big AEW person to jump ship to WWE? Again, talk about people who are walking through the, the uh, forbidden door, making a surprise entrance at the Royal Rumble. Who's going to make that big reaction? Who's going to get that pop? Again, outside MJF, there's no real homegrown AEW talent that would, I think, elicit the reaction WWE wants. All the big market mm-hmm. guys are former WWE guys. I think Orange Cassidy would actually get that pop, too. Do you? Believe it or not. Oh. I, I actually do. He, he's so over. He's so popular. I only see Orange Cassidy being a WWE guy by any means, though. But I, I think Orange Cassidy would totally get a pop. Really? That big of a pop? I think he would, yeah. Okay. You probably get more of a pop than like Darby Allen. Yeah, Darby. We're Allen. just talking about AEW growing, growing talent. Darby Allen would be fucking stupid to go to WWE. They would not do anything with him there. No, they wouldn't. Britt Baker got... would get a pop if we're talking about That's true. Females. I don't see her leaving. MJF. I don't see her. Britt Baker would get a bigger pop than than Jade Cargill. I don't necessarily know how popular Jade Cargill is. Is would would people know her in WWE? I think some people would. I don't think she got like a huge pop reaction, but it would get. Twitterverse, like, oh my god, here it is. Yeah, Twitterverse would go nuts. Yeah, that's what. Get what, 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 that's what, what would they name her? Debut her right. <laughs> yeah, it's a different story. Who knows? If anybody, some could, random name. Yeah, if anybody could do it, I'm hoping she has definitely the tools behind her to be successful in the. the... With the right booking, she absolutely could. Yeah, uh, with the right push behind her, like, I'm just thinking about the possible matchups. See, like you know, Jade Cargo versus Charlotte Flair, of course, would be. The big one sticks out to mind versus Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, Bailey. Like mm-hmm. the list goes on about like the people that she could face in there Raquel that she could Gonzalez. have easily a five star match. That'd be a good match. Raquel Gonzalez, yeah, that would be a good match too. I, w- I would pay to see that. Yeah, man. So no, I mean it's it's interesting to see that, especially with Tony Khan's comments and like the, the, the rumors about you know WWE has their eye on certain talent. Of course, MJF's name has come up multiple times. You'd have to be an idiot. Not to want MJF on your roster, I think. I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, over time, see who does jump ship here. And, yeah, I think Twitterverse is going to explode. And maybe over time, like, these people that we're talking about, their names grow in the stratosphere in the WWE universe, and they'll become more well-known. Uh, so that will be interesting to watch. Maybe. And finally, moving on, there was a noticeable disappearance on SmackDown tonight uh, that got Twitter a buzz. Taylor Hendricks at Taylor underscore Hendricks. I miss Pat McAfee on commentary. That energy is top notch. Hashtag SmackDown. Agreed. Especially when Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura came out. It just wasn't the same, bro. I, 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 it just felt like a, a lack of energy there, yeah. if you will. Also, Denise Salcedo. At underscore Denise Salcedo. I don't know. I never know if I'm pronouncing her last name right. She goes, you know you're good at your job when you're trending because you ain't there. LOL. I missed Pat. I too, I too miss Pat McAfee. LOL. Hashtag SmackDown. Great Pat point. McAfee was trending great point. because of the fact. That's a great point. Right? It is. Because of the fact that he wasn't there. You know, obviously, you know, he does his own podcast in football. Uh, he's covering the Super Bowl this week. So, obviously, that's why he couldn't be there. So, Corey Graves took over. Not so popular anymore there seems to be like a whole battle there are some people that actually do favor Corey graves over pat mcafee a lot of people seem to be favoring pat mcafee over Corey graves putty what do you think who's a better commentator it depends on your your rating criteria i like both of them i thought both of them do a bang-up job i mean wrestling commentating it's definitely Corey graves hands down okay blows pat mcafee out of the water but pat mcafee does a great job of calling what he's reacting to and saying what a lot of fans say at home hmm so he's saying, valid he's saying what we're thinking. Corey Graves is more of taking the stance of, of being a, an official commentator. So two different styles, so, two different approaches to the r- job. Both of them excel at it. I don't know why we have to pick sides again. I, I love both of them. And again, Corey Graves just picked it up like a fish to water tonight. Like he didn't miss a beat. Good job. And it was t- also weird. They did reference it, how Michael Cole said it's weird to see Pat um, Boogs come out without you standing on the table. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Corey Graves who said, you know, somewhere Pat McAfee's dancing on a table right now. Right, right. I popped for that. And then Michael Cole said something, and then Corey Graves was like, yeah, 
I, I don't miss him sitting on your face. Some stupid stuff like that. All this stupid shit backpack <laughs> if he does. So, so you, you knew that was happening. But also what kind of changed the tone of the show was when Happy Corbin came out. Pat yeah. McAfee hates Pat Happy. He's always shitting on Happy Corbin. Then he'd right. see Corey Graves go like, you know, I like Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin's doing, you know, turned his life around, make, made something out of nothing, you know. Different tone, different vibe to the, different energy to the show. But it still worked. I feel like, I don't know, I, 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 I forgot what it was. Was it Royal Rumble? I think it was actually Survivor Series, where, where there's a three-man booth. It was Pat McAfee and Corey Graves and Michael Cole, right? Oh, And I, I sense there was a weird thing between... Corey Graves and Pat McAfee. I feel like I, I don't necessarily. Know, I don't necessarily think Corey Graves in real life is a fan of Pat McAfee. Do you do you pick up on that or no? Or am I reading too much into it? I'm not picking up on that at all. I'm not. I'm not so well, well versed in the Twitter exchanges they have. No, not even not even exchanges. I, I don't even see. I don't even think they've ex, uh, exchanged tweets or anything like that just, at all. No, there've been like jabs that Corey Graves would say. It, it seems like it would kind of put Pat McAfee in his place a bit. Maybe. It, 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 it's a weird dynamic there. Uh, I don't necessarily know if it's just like a work or maybe there's a real thing there that Corey Graves has against Pat McAfee. I think it's more so Corey Graves against Pat McAfee more than uh, Pat McAfee is against Corey Graves. Yeah, I think Pat McAfee. I think Pat McAfee's just living his life yeah, like, and having a great time. I don't even think about it. You got, you got to wonder, like, Raw is the flagship of the WWE Universe. That's the A show. It's the show in the wrestling world right now. No matter what you think it sucks or not, it's still Raw. That's how WWE treats it internally. Yes. I, I think the fans would have a different point of view. Not this guy. The year Saturday Night Live sucked, and they offered you to host Saturday Night Live. You're still going to be fucking marking out. I'm hosting Saturday Night Live. Yeah. To no, be, of course. To be on yeah. Raw is a huge fucking deal, especially, I guess, for other people. It is. But also, it was a huge deal to be the face of a network show on SmackDown, right. which Pat McAfee replaced Corey Graves. So Pat, Pat McAfee. He did. So I wonder if that's some sort of, like, Oh man, I had a nice gig. I was on Fox prime time, and then I got replaced for really no reason. And he's kind of playing a babysitter role still. Yeah. So Corey Graves, that could be a role of it too. But who knows? I'm loving both these guys. Both of them. I I do enjoy both of them. As you mentioned before, they're both very different. Like Corey Graves, I think is probably the best commentator in sports. Period. Wow. Uh, His his uh, vocabulary is bar none to anyone else. Like. even my wife is an English teacher, and he'll bust out a word. She's like, I never heard that word I'll, before. Talk about yeah. I would put him in the same yeah. bar as um, Matt Stryker. I think Corey Graves probably have his, uh, more vast vocabulary than really? Matt Stryker. Yeah, I would go as far to say that. His own commentary. I, I can't I'll, speak I'll for it them, off the air. I'll let him do a commentary together. Because they both have great, both very smart men, both extensive vocabularies. And Matt Stryker just pulls all these random facts out of thin air. Oh, yo, so that's this guy, difference. This so. guy was trading by so and so in the dojo in Japan. Like, remember in 1947, his great great grandfather. I'm like, what? So I think his his knowledge and Corey Graves' attitude and vocabulary we very mesh well together. So th- there, there it is. Though what you just said, like Corey Graves, like an English teacher, and then you have Matt Stryker, who's like a history teacher. Yeah, you know, wasn't it, he? I think he was an English teacher. Wasn't he an English teacher? I think he was actually. I think that's English. That's a true study. thing. Social studies. I don't know. Right next door, right, a couple blocks away from my house, by the way. But uh, no, yeah, I mean Corey Graves is great. What he does, but Pat McAfee, what he, no one else touches him on is energy. Oh, dude, no one comes close. No one comes even close. No. And I, I love how WWE just lets him be because you cannot control that. Again, like I said, it's more like us doing like a fan doing it. Like when you do those WrestleMania accesses, oh, call a call a match with an announcer. It's like yeah, that's what, we, that's what we'd be doing. Yeah, like energy doing it, calling saying stupid stuff. Pat McAfee also came out this week. Was it this week? He gets yelled at every week for saying future Hall of Famer, and he always intentionally tries to sneak it into every episode just so he can get yelled <laughs> at. Really? Yeah, because they don't like that phrase. Wow, did not know that. Yeah, came. I think it was this funny. earlier this week, and he intentionally does it now to get yelled at to get people to riled up backstage. Not for nothing, Pat McAfee's a rich motherfucker, man. He doesn't even need this job. No, that's what I'm saying. That's you tell he's having fun because he didn't need it. He wants to right. do it. He wants to be there. He wants to do it. I think WWE knows that too. It's like he he's he's worth more off WWE than than anything else. Yeah, and he also said and that numerous times following. when he was a heel in NXT, he makes millions of dollars wherever franchise he goes. He doesn't need to be here. And that's that's before the, the huge deal he got from Fanduel this past year. Yeah, true. 
you know, like now he's like, he's super, he's to the point that he was like giving money away literally, you know, and he still got a lot of money left over. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, kudos to both men. I don't necessarily know why all the hate for Corey Graves. I see a lot more hate for Corey Graves than anything else. I understand why people love Pat McAfee so much. I mean, how can you not love him? Yeah. Uh, but Corey Graves is damn good at what he does. You know, both guys, you know, I guess it depends on your case here. But I have to say right now, right now at this moment, uh, I know I modeled a lot of the stuff I did off Corey Graves on commentary. But I got to say, Pat McAfee, he's untouchable at this moment. He's a man. Henry Marcus, on that note, do you want to get some TV takedown this week? Let's do it up, man. It's time for this week's TV takedown. All right, Marcus, I think I mentioned this before the show started. You kind of disagree with me, as usual. But I really enjoyed this week of TV. Monday through Friday, fantastic week. No. Marcus, why don't you lead off what, what your TV takedown was this week? I have a laundry, I mean, there, I have a laundry there were, list. There were moments. I mean... You know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, Keith Lee, you know, making his debut in AEW. And, man, like, there's a big difference between him on AEW Dynamite than when he was on the main roster in Raw. You know, you could just tell uh, he's happy to be there. Is there a difference between, it, from that one episode of AEW, you see the difference between him and NXT? It seems like back, of him back in NXT. Uh, he looked good. It was a good, strong showing there, a good, strong debut. You were one of those people uh, complaining he's overweight? No. That was also a trend. I mean, so, so, much, so, much, so, much, so much show, like a before and after. Like, I, I feel like those are angles or whatever. Yeah. I don't necessarily people, know. But yeah, he was, like, who cares? He just, he's super athletic. He killed it. Whatever. Keith Lee looked great. Uh, I, I'm more focused on his debut right now. I mean, he looks great, man. And I'm personally looking forward to see what he does in AEW because, man, he looks happy to be there. He looked stoked. He looked energized. He looked strong. He looked glorious. You know, uh, people, you know, having the chance basking his glory. I mean, if the energy was all there from the fans, from him, from commentary, you know, I'm really looking forward to see, like, you know, how much damage he does there. Does he face Adam Cole? Does he face CM Punk? Uh, John Moxley? I mean, the, 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 the rivalries could be endless here. Uh, we could face him as far as the bar of what he could accomplish. On AEW. Tony Khan came into Wednesday saying he's going to make a big announcement about, about, about the Forbidden Door. No announcement was made. Do you think it was underwhelming? Because Jay, Jay Switchblade, yeah. Jay White just showed up. Then Keith Lee just showed up. Jay no White big, showed up. There was no announcement for anybody. Like, they just showed up. I was expecting, maybe, I don't know if you, but I expected, oh, there could be some big announcement. No. People just walked on the screen. Keith Lee? I mean, that, that's a big deal. That's no, a huge deal. But the it's not fa- a Forbidden Door thing, are, though. He was a free agent. Not a but, Jay, Jay White is I think that's the what talking door. Yeah, that's what they were talking yeah. about. And it's the way he just showed up. I'm like, I thought it'd be more of a. Now, me and you, I mean, we're, we're not necessarily New Japan guys, but like, you know, people that are more well versed in wrestling than we are, uh, as far as like knowing New Japan and whatnot, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. I, like, even I could acknowledge it's a big deal. It's also a huge deal now, Friday night on Rampage. I think they just announced it tonight. Jay White's going to be in action. I forgot who his opponent was. The next night, watch him on Impact. It's pay per view because <laughs> he's doing both shows now. So good for him, right? So th- there it is. I mean, that's the forbidden door right there. Yeah, no, that's who I thought it was. I mean, after the fact, You're right? But I just thought they, the way they hyped it up, I thought it was gonna be more of a, I guess, announcement, more of an impact. He just showed up. Okay. Like, I'm not, that might be just me nitpicking, but I was like, okay, I thought it was be more like, of a like now. Also, uh, also apparently, I mean, like Adam Cole, baby. uh, you know. Adam Cole having that relationship, whatever it is, you want to call it with Jay White. I mean, that that caused more of a rift probably with Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega and Jay White definitely had that rivalry that's over New the, Japan. That's why I hear people saying online something I wasn't aware of. So I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe. Okay, that's cool. So, I, I mean, I don't follow New Japan, but I, I pick up on things here and there about it. So I kind of knew that in the back of my head. So it's going to be interesting to see, too, like when Kenny Omega comes back, like how is this all going to play out? I mean, they're, they're, they're just planting seeds right now. I think AEW is playing a good job as far as like playing the long game with this. There's definitely some sort of plan here. And I, I think when it manifests itself, it, it's just going to be phenomenal. All right. No doubt. That's why I for that's why I for for AEW. Uh, I do have one more thing leading to Elimination Chamber, though. OK. I think the one match. That really has my attention right now going into this is Becky Lynch and, and Lita. Even though I know 
or I, I, I feel like I know what the outcome is going to be of Becky Lynch winning, retaining the title, and going to WrestleMania. Yeah, hands down. Lita's, Lita's still got it, man. Yep. Lita looked great on Raw. Like, that segment was awesome. And Becky Lynch, I mean, that was a hell of a promo by her, too, by the way. I mean, she's crushing it. I really want to see this match. I really want to see like how well this match is. Will it will it equate to like what Charlotte did against Trish Stratus? Will it be like that type of level match? Seeing like you know the the passing of the guard, if you will. Maybe. Will that be the case for Becky and Lita here? Uh, I, I'm I'm pumped for this, and the fact it's taking place in Saudi Arabia. I keep forgetting it's in Saudi Arabia because there's so many female matches. Yeah. Right. Nuts. Making progress, Marcus. Making progress. That's what the whole thing was about. Yeah. Lita definitely definitely can't have her thong out for this one, but yeah, right. <laughs> damn, why bother watching then? But I think it's going to be a, a phenomenal match, man. I think it's going to be one for the ages. I, at least I hope it is. Hope so. Yeah. Uh, I have my eyes on this. It's a great storytelling right here, and Lita again. I, she still has it. I don't necessarily know what she does afterwards. Is this going to be her last match? Who knows? But who knows? If it is, what a way to go out. That's a yeah. That's a good way to go out. But that's all I got for TV, buddy. Marcus, a couple weeks ago, we had AJ Pan on the show because you couldn't make it. And I brought something up because I know I can't bring it up, talk to you about it. So me and him had a conversation about it. And, you know, I think I'm, happy fi- COVID. I'm finally ready, Marcus, to address it in front of you. Here you go. The week started out on a high note with my boys, my new boys, the Alpha Academy. And this quiz bowl, props to all four men because this segment could have easily gone down the tubes. Very, nothing really happened in this segment. Easily, the fans could have shouted boring, sabotage. It was CM Punk chants. But the way all four men interacted with the crowd to keep the crowd invested in this lame segment, props to all four of these guys. I got. I should got to say, uh, thank you. Chad Gable fucking killing it. Love me some Chad Gable, Marcus. So you're looking forward to more of like what here? This match now. The way they've built this three weeks of no physical interaction at all between these guys. Now here we are, and the killing it. Each segment was I very enjoyable to me. Now can this, their on-screen chemistry, these four men clearly have, can that translate inside the ring? I'm looking forward to this match. You know, I have to say here, buddy, and I... Shush, shush. Fan, this is the best Ted Gable I've seen. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm a big Randy Orton fan, right? And even Randy Orton is not for me to get me invested in this. I, I'm sorry. Surprising. It's just for the life of me. It just even him and Riddle, it just doesn't make sense. Like I, I can't wait for Orton to turn on Riddle of anything, so uh, they can have a match, I was which is way. probably going to happen. Not anymore, man. I'm, I'm all in on this. It, it's just uh, you know WWE. Like I don't know what it is with tag teams. Like I just can't get invested in their tag team division at all. None of it. So. In the middle of the week, I'll start listening to my podcast that I have, right? Including After the Bell. We're doing the show Friday. Friday, when the show comes out, I made sure I listened to it before the show started. It was with the Alpha Academy. Great interview with these guys. to talk about their personal lives, how long they've known each other. Definitely check it out. And they were talking about the tag team division. And they made a good point. I don't know if something that we're aware of, I just wasn't physically aware of. Some of the best tag teams are the same characters in the team. You like get Young Bucks. Both guys are the same character. FTR, both guys are the same character. You look at the Usos even, both guys are the same character. To a certain extent, Street Profits, same character. You look at the Alpha Academy, you look at RK Bro, you have two very distinct, different characters. I think that's what makes it engaging. It's not the same old cookie-cutter tag teams. It's very opposites attract, making it more engaging. Again, I've earned a lot of respect for Chad Gable this interview. Check it out after the bell with Alpha Academy. Hey, no disrespect to Chad Gable. I mean, Chad Gable. AJ, you hear that? A, AJ, you hear that? No disrespect. He's about to disrespect them. He's a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. I, I remember the first time I saw him live was an NXT takeover in Brooklyn when he was teaming with uh, Jordan. I forgot who he faced. Uh, I forgot who they faced that one, but it was my first time seeing him live. I'm like, man, these guys can go. But you're also a big you know, character guy. To see where he's gone from Shorty G, even from the beginning of stages of Alpha Academy. His character work has improved tremendously to where he is now. He's, I'll give him that. I mean, he's owning the character. He's killing it. Cup of tea, but like, it's, you know, it's he, the best. He, he seems like he's he's owning it. The yeah. Best, the best I've and seen. And Otis, him. I like, I actually, I like Otis better as heel. Oh, yeah. I just feel like WWE, it, it, it's not necessarily, I honestly think it's a knock on the 40 guys you're talking about in there. 
I think it's more of a knock on WWE and how they've treated tag teams before because like we know it's not going to last. We know it's not going to last. That's, that's not a, like, that's, that's that's an unfair statement. It's a true statement. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying, like, maybe oh, I'm so excited about this segment because it's actually giving the Raw tag team some sort of championships a main stage. We haven't seen that in a while. I guess so, but like unless you're the New Day or unless you're the Usos, which is pretty much impossible to split up. Like no other tag team stands a chance for, as far as like long form storytelling. Who knows? Hopefully that changes. In WWE, at least. Yeah. So it, it's so hard to get invested in that. And, like, you know, honestly, the tag team division, even the wrestling style, I, I can't get into it. As opposed to, and I know you're going to hate this, as opposed to AEW, I saw yeah. a great tag team match over there when Moxley teamed with CM Punk to face uh, FTR. I thought that was a phenomenal match. Was it? I, I guess you didn't watch it. I, I, I thought you. I fast forwarded. I watched all of TV. You know, it's a great oh, no. week for TV. Yeah, it was great. I fast forwarded the match I don't care about. Wow. I don't care about. CM Punk, I don't care about John Moxley. Okay. I don't need to watch this match. I got to go to bed soon. Let me fast forward. Is it because they left WWE? They, they, they... Mm, no, I think it's insulting for you to say that. No. Because I, I, I didn't give a care because about Because I knew, I knew you're, you're a loyalist. I didn't, care about them. loyalist. I didn't care about them WWE either. So, fuck you, asshole. Moving on to NXT. What am I looking forward to, Marcus? How Dolph Ziggler is going to fit into this title picture. Very surprising to see Dolph Ziggler show up in NXT. Now, is he... Well, he's called it out a, few, a couple times in uh, WWE Digital. With Braun Breaker, there's some sort of rivalry online with Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I'm, 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 WWE, he he was interviewed on uh, WWE Digital like two weeks in a row. He, he brought up Braun Breaker and NXT a couple he? times. Because then Braun yeah. Breaker mentioned how he doesn't work Tuesdays. That's what Dolph Ziggler showed up. Um, I think this could work. I'm excited about this. I love the way AJ Styles came in and worked with um, Grayson Waller. I think this could be the same level, and I'm excited to see where Dolph Ziggler goes because now he's feuding with Tommaso Ciampa. I thought the whole segment was great. I'm happy to see Dolph Ziggler get some sort of shine. I'm tired of him just being doing nothing on the main roster. No, I agreed with that, actually. Ziggler Ziggler's at the point of his career where like he should be helping out younger talent, and yeah. NXT is just nothing but young talent. They definitely need some sort of veteran help there, uh, other than Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. I think Dolph Ziggler is a great person to do that because the guy can still go. Oh, yes. He's in phenomenal shape. His ring paralysis is, is just next to not, uh, no one else can touch him. I feel like in NXT, as far as his um, his in ring knowledge, I think Braun Breaker could definitely benefit working with him. Oh, totally! Because Braun Breaker, I mean, he's still he's still green in my eyes. He's got a lot of uh, natural ability okay. for sure, but you know, I think it definitely needs to be ironed out quite a bit more. Like, you can have natural talent in anything, but. You know, you also need to uh, develop those skills a little bit better when it comes to this type of stage here. Again, also, he referenced it in that segment. All of us know it. Dolph Ziggler show, steals a show, whatever match he hit is. He does never disappointed. I've never seen a bad Dolph Ziggler match. And I think putting on a great match for Braun Breaker, whenever that happens, maybe I think WrestleMania time probably. I don't know what the timeline is. You know he's not going to win, but it'll help Braun Breaker get a great match and it'll definitely teach him a few things. And uh, Dolph Ziggler is probably the best seller in the game, so yes. keep that in mind too. Definitely, like he'll make he'll he'll make Braun Breaker look really good. Great point. So the NXT needs like someone like that in there. Like so I feel like when NXT first started, Cesaro was kind of like that guy. Remember mm-hmm. the classic matches Cesaro had with Sami Zayn? Natty did the same thing in the women's division. Yeah, the tr- with Charlotte Flair. Yeah. That was an iconic match. You know, so I, I think WWE is kind of going back to the well here. Remember when NXT first started? It, was, it is it is kind of like a refresh. It's kind of like NXT starting all over all over again. Yeah. NXT 2.0, as they say. Uh, so, you know, what, what worked back then was having some of those talent, uh, the main roster talents that are not being utilized as much on the main roster, but have that veteran experience to come on down and help these guys and girls out a bit. I think it's a smart move. Moving on really quickly. Your favorite subject, Marcus, in the entire world, besides your new baby, AEW. Man, what a great segment that Inner Circle thing was. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty interesting. Santana and Ortiz got a lot of mic time, more than I've heard in the last couple months. And it's setting up to be a good match next week. I haven't seen Jake Hager wrestle a, a lot either, so this me give me a chance to watch him wrestle. Looking forward to this match. It can go either way. Either Inner Circle breaks up or they beat each other senseless and get back together. I thought that promo was well done. I'm looking forward to this match next week. You know, I was looking forward to see how Eddie Kingston would play out in this, but uh, unfortunately, he, apparently he's injured. Yeah. 
and thinking, I don't think we needed him that the segment we worked because inner circle segment only, it worked very well. Yeah, but I was I was saying for for the match itself, I was wondering if Eddie Kingston would be involved somehow, some way. But maybe I don't think he, I don't think he can even. I'm not sure of the timeline, but maybe if he can. I love how Jericho referenced how he maybe signed the role on LAX. Does he have Santan? Does anybody have Homicide Hernandez's number? Great throwback to the TNA uh, Impact days. Right, the, uh, Jericho's a this segment. He's a master. This at segment that. overall was all well done. What I'm looking forward to is now how is Josh Alexander going to come back on Impact? I think Impact great episode, one of the best episodes of Impact I've seen in the last couple of weeks. And the way they've been building this got the more Josh Alexander riff, and this week they came out expressed their past. Scott Demore is now the father figure toward Josh Alexander, but yet he's being a dick to him, not giving his title shot. He suspended him indefinitely. He's telling him to go home. So how do, how do they bring Josh Alexander back? I think that segment was probably one of the best in-ring promos for both men I've seen in a long time. Is this contract up or no? No, not that I'm aware of. I think he, I think okay. he just recently might have even resigned. So this is all storyline okay. based. He's definitely going to win the championship again. This is just prolonging it. But yeah, it was very, very intense, very personal because they've been he's been screwing Josh Alexander, not really screwing him, but making him earn his title way back. But this was just all the cards were on the table. Impact's doing great things, and this I'm curious how this is going to play out in the future. I got to keep watching, tuning in. When when Josh Alexander going to come back, and how is he going to bring him back? Impact is doing a lot of great things there. Uh, it's cool to see. I feel like Tasha steals every time she comes on. She's just getting to another gear every single time she goes on Impact. Um, the best thing that she, happened to her. The best thing that happened to her was when uh, Kiara Hogan left. Probably, you know, and, and I, I love them together. Actually, I love them together. But now you're seeing this whole new side of her, the Borgo badass that we've seen in Indies and BCW mainly. Right. We're seeing her shine, and she's killing it. I was, uh, this is and her and Savannah Evans. Great. I mean, that, that's a great duo. Right. I, I hate to go back to the well saying this, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like a different, different version of a Shawn Michaels Diesel type of deal. You know, yeah, um, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, if you will. Like, yeah. you know, they they kind of have that vibe. Uh, I guess because, you know, Tasha Steele is small and Savannah Evans so much bigger. But, like, uh, they're both killing it, man. T- Tasha Steele's, I could definitely see her becoming next Knockouts champion at some point soon. So back on tonight, Naomi versus Charlotte Flair. That, Naomi came out, I think it was 9-23. That match got a lot of time. Great match. It was actually a good match. Very good match. So it looks like here, uh, Sonia Deville, she kind of broke what uh, Vince McMahon said. She did. She did uh, lay hands on Naomi. Again, does that mean she's done? How does that play? Are we going to see Sonia Deville versus Naomi in WrestleMania? Is that is that going to be the the play? Would you be upset about that? But we already saw it. We already saw her free on SmackDown. Unless it's some sort of stipulation match. Has to be a stipulation match. Has to be. Stipulation it has to match be here. at this point, right? Yeah. So it's funny. I don't know why I decided to recently rewatch Tough Enough the last season. With one of the Manny Rose? You know, with Manny Rose, okay. Sonya Deville, Chelsea Green, I forgot was on there. Yeah, she replaced somebody. So she wasn't even on there. Yeah, Lots. she replaced someone. Uh, Velveteen Dreams on there. Yeah. Hey, even like the in the trial episode, uh Shanti Blackheart. Yeah. She she was she was on the show and she had to leave because of a, a heart palpitation or whatever it was. Oh, I don't remember that part. Okay, I she was on the show, I don't remember the reason why she left, but that's cool. Yeah. That was a great season. So the, it was a great season. It was the last season of Tough Enough. So yeah. it's crazy to see like Sony Deville was like eliminated so early and it's just crazy to see her right now in a role that she has. And she, cuz she's so damn good, man. It's crazy the fact that like she's been out of the ring for so, uh for what over a year now, right? Well over a year. Well, well over a year, because like beforehand, like she was just phenomenal, man. It was she was like I, I was thinking that she could win the championship at some point soon. Yeah, especially with the Everybody rivalry did. she had with Mandy Rose. Like, her character work, her in ring work, her promo work was just so damn good. And then you had that crazy stalker, and just it ruined a lot of things there for her. And she's killing it in this role, but I'm hoping this leads to her not being in this role because I think she deserves to be more in ring time and like said, get a chance at the championship. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, she should not be necessarily like you know jobbing per se, but yeah, I feel like she was kind of kind of jobbing to Naomi, man. Like, where's that old Sonya Deville that we saw that was just tearing up the roster? The before? MMA fighter. Yeah, I, I want to see a legit good fight between her and Naomi. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to MLW actually. Okay. Uh, with Richard Holiday and Alicia Tout turning on Alex Hammerstein. That was a big deal. Like the dynasty's broken up. 
Really? I definitely okay. didn't see that coming. Alicia Talent, like, getting physical there and uh, giving a low blow and a weird makeout session there. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool. A good way to end MLW. It definitely had uh, people's eyes on social media had my attention. I was like, whoa, different side of her. And Holiday, he was, like, teasing a good guy act for, like, the last few weeks. The Dynasty has been around for a few years now. MJF was part of that stable. It was surprising to see, man. It was pretty cool. It was, it was a pretty good way to go. Especially, like, you know, we never talk about MLW in the show. So, I mean, that was a good moment to see. All right, props to you for bringing it up. Good job. Yeah, so I just want to give a highlight to that. I'm curious to see how this plays out. And I know Alicia Talish, I think she's been, like, training during the pandemic. I wonder if she's going to get more physical as time goes on there. Uh, I definitely want to see, like, you know, how this match plays out between Holiday and, and uh, Hammerstein. So, I think that would be awesome. I always say Hammerstein. I always say Hammerstein. Hammerstone. Am I saying Hammerstone? I'm drinking, man. Shit. You Hammerstein. Hammerstein. Fuck, man. That's so wrong. Hammerstone. Hammer. Alexander Hammerstone. Sorry, guys. I've been drinking. Richard Holiday. Alexander Hammerstone. MLW. Definitely check this out, man. Hammerstone is a beast. If people don't know, and he, he reminds me of like a he's like a Brock Lesnar type, but probably a little bit more. Probably a little bit smaller. I can't believe I'm going to say that about the dude. And a holiday is just a classic heel. And these guys have worked with MJF before, so they definitely know promo work and mic work. They know storytelling pretty damn well. Give it a watch. MLW. MLW's doing good stuff. The whole wrestling world's doing good stuff right now. Like, everyone's great. stepping up their game, man. Everyone. Great time to be a wrestling fan. You have Killer Cross coming to MLW now. Killer Cross like, coming to Outlaw Wrestling soon to go against Homicide yeah, against for the World Can't wait for that. Luke Gallows coming Shafir. to Outlaw. Soon. Shafir coming to uh, coming to BCW. But the week before that, she's facing Masha Slamovich, which is going to be a sick match. Yo, dude, I mean, like everywhere between the Indies to AW, MLW, Impact, NWA, GCW, and to some degree WWE. They're all killing it. Such a dick. Out of everything I just mentioned, you can you really say WWE is killing it all across the board? I, I can't say no. They're not. In some moments they are, but like not consistently. I can't say any not company's killing I can't say any company's killing it all across the board. Everybody has their low moments. I think every company is raising their game. I feel like WWE is not raising the game. I feel like they've stayed complacent for a very long time. Mm. Agree, disagree. You think over the years WWE has stepped up their game. They have not. Over the last couple over the last year it's been better than they had been the last when they had no competition, yes. One person has raised their game in that company. His name is Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins. Everything. Charlotte Flair. Becky Lynch. Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. I love Charlotte Flair. I'm a big Charlotte Flair fan. She has not upped her game. She's stayed the same the whole really? time. All right. Well, she's great at what she does. Don't get me wrong. I'm getting you wrong. I'm getting you wrong here. But we are way over time. Let's get some go home thoughts. What do you got for me this week? Well, Punny, uh, other than what I mentioned in the opening of the show. Uh, that was a pretty big deal for me for the Super Bowl. Uh, but I was also interviewed on Never Settle Podcast, hosted by Sarah Quiriconi. Hopefully, I have her last name right. Uh, so that was a cool podcast. That, uh, it was cool to be a guest on. We were just basically talking about uh, in general, which was uh, it was a pretty enlightening podcast. It was, she was great in the sense that she allowed me to open up in a way I haven't opened up before publicly. You know, I have to give her credit. I said after the show, too, like, much credit to you as an interviewer, because uh, that's something I always aspire to do, to allow such a forum to, for our guests comfortable enough to feel comfortable uh, opening up in, in a certain way. So kudos to her. Uh, it's coming out, I think, this coming week. So never settle podcast. A couple of weeks ago, Marcus, I did fulfill my promise, and I went to Pink's in the city to hang out with AJ Pan, my guiding light, for some karaoke. Nice. Great time. We had a, it was really enjoyable. I definitely needed it. Last week, I didn't go. I can't go every week. I'm almost going to be... I'm in my shadows in my 40s. I can't go every week. But he does, he does theme nights, which is interesting. Oh, so what's the theme coming out this week? Don't know about this week, but last week was love. Anytime you sing a song with lo- or love in the title, you get a free shot. Oh, no shit. Oh, my God. This is going to be dangerous. Definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely looking to go this week. Uh, celebrating my birthday. Actually, yeah, that's a go-home thought. It's my birthday week. I'm going to be 36 years old. Heading 
and closer to 40? Oh, I missed 36. Man, really what, what can I expect? What can I expect at 36? You're asking the wrong guy because I had kidney biopsies. I had endoscopies, colonoscopies, more medications. You're asking the wrong guy. My 36 years. Oh, oh, I ever, I've already had a colonoscopy. Okay, so I've been oh, there. Fucking great, wasn't it? Oof. No. No, it's not. It's fantastic. <laughs> we had a whole different experience because I, I was not a fan. Maybe it was my uh maybe it was my doctor, I guess. Dude, that but, nap uh, that nap was the best nap I've ever had. And I, I just recently went for I, col- I, I went you. for an endoscopy and it was just a great night's sleep. It was different anesthesiologist and he was just a really fun, make cracking jokes all the time because my doctor was late. He's like, Oh, who do you have for the Super Bowl? I'm like, you know, it's a very close call. I'm looking for a good game, but I'm probably leaning towards the Rams, who I think Stafford deserves it for all the time he spent in Detroit. He goes, All right, good, I'll give you the real stuff instead of the fake stuff. And yeah, that kind of resonates. Everyone, everyone I talk to seems to be pulling for the Rams. I was like, if I go yeah. online, where everyone's pulling for the Bengals, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I think people are rooting for the Bengals for like, is they're the true underdog? Yeah, it's a Cinderella story. But, yeah, but uh, I think the midnight midnight's going to strike come Super Bowl Sunday. Burrow will be back. I feel weird saying that because they said the same thing about Dan Marino, but Burrow will be back. Yo, uh, this is his first year, first full year in the NFL, year, yeah. and he's going to this Super Bowl. Nice. I mean, let's think about that. Of course, of course, he's going to go back. The team is young enough; they have a, they have no offensive line. Uh, once they build off that offensive line, yeah, I mean, for sure, that dude's going to go back. He's going to win one one day. It's just not going to be this year. I think I told you a couple weeks ago. I made my first bet online. Lost. Oh of yeah, yeah. You said you lost. So I did it again for the Super Bowl. Okay, what do you take? So I was freezing the options I had on DraftKings. And you do any of those uh, boosts at all? No, I, I didn't know how to do that. So I was going through the options that I had. And I'm, in my account, I have 25 bucks. So every time I picked the thing I wanted to pick, much like my first bet I made against the Titans Bengals, the payout was very minimal. Why am I going to bet $20 to only win $4? Oh, what, are you, what are you betting on? It was... The money line, it was this person getting a touchdown, this person throwing for X amount of yards. Didn't make any fucking sense to me. So I finally landed on this one that was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to win it, but it's if I do win it, it's money. Any quarterback, any quarterback throws for over 450 yards. That's probably not going to happen, bro. I will, I will win $600. What's the payout? 600 On a $20 bet? Yeah. So that, that's the only thing that made it worthwhile for me. So I told a friend of mine who is gambler, and he talked to me about it. He's like, bro, you know, that's not going to happen. That's, you're talking about elite numbers here. And he sent me a list 20 minutes later of the most passing yards in Super Bowl history. There are only two people who've thrown for over 450 yards in a Super Bowl. Only two. Who is it? Both named Tom Brady. So you know I'm not going to win this bet. Because <laughs> what are the odds so of that happening? Act- but it makes the game more fun because I'm rooting for points. I'm rooting for an offensive game. Right, I have I have a parlay going on too. My this I have two parlays and then a one straight up. But I'll I'll tell you my biggest parlay here. Okay, that I have a thirty seven dollar bet. The payout is like one thousand one hundred fifty dollars here. Worth it. Okay, so all these have to hit. Uh, Rams by four, Cooper Cup anytime touchdown, Stafford over two hundred eighty one and a half yards, and here's the big one, Rams. Defensive touchdown. That's tough. I chose that because not, not, I not, love the Rams. Deep. Yeah, not not out of their own possibility though. It's not because that that, that offensive line for Cincinnati's weak. Rams defensive line is elite. Uh, I could definitely see like a stri- uh, sack, strip, fumble, yeah, going for a touchdown, interception for a touchdown, even special teams touchdown. Like I, I could, I could definitely see something going on here, uh, where Rams scored a defensive touchdown. Are you doing any boxes this year? I did, I did, I, I did uh, two boxes. Oh shit! I was, I told someone else. I, I how much? Uh, how oh, much was the paying? Ten dollars a box. I think right. it was, it was, it was low. A coworker's boyfriend of mine has a box for five hundred. Like, there's no fucking way I'm spending five hundred dollars on a box. No, 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 no. He did get it. Even seven, if I was a, so. Even if it was a multi-millionaire, yeah, no, like that's stupid. For box, I'd rather, I'd rather take that five hundred and and gamble that yeah. actually with your with something your, like with that. your foolproof blackjack bet. Oh, don't be a dick. 
<laughs> I'm not being a dick because I think we fucked up last time. But if we start focusing on it, we could definitely work some money. It, it worked in the beginning. I just stayed too long. I overstayed my welcome. Yeah. Oh. And we're going too long, Marcus. Um, I'm not even sure when this show is going to post. I'm, I wanted to post it before the Super Bowl started, but now with your pre-show announcement, I might have to wait. <laughs> but so yeah. who, who do you have for the Super Bowl? Win or lose? Rams. Because you think they'll win yeah. or because you want them to win? I mean, obviously, I want, like, I'm want like i betting money on them because I think they're going to win. I, I would love to see the Bengals. Okay, so here's the thing. My friend Bobby uh, brought up a good point here. He's not going to be disappointed with the other result because – the Bengals, obviously, Cinderella story, but you know it's it's hard to root against Matt Stafford, man. Matt Stafford, you want to talk about underdog story? The guy coming from Detroit Lions, the Golden Boy from college, uh, never really got a fair shot. A lot of criticisms yeah. uh, in the pros. Can't win a big one. Can't win a playoff game. Comes to the Rams, a lot to prove here. I'm hoping for Von Miller. Yeah. I want Von Miller to win again too. So, so like, who I hope wins? Like, I, I think it's going to be a great game. You know, who I think wins is I think it's going to be the Rams. I think it's going to come down to a battle of the trenches, yeah. you know, football one on one right there. And I think Rams defensive line is way superior to the Bengals offensive line. And that's that's how the game is going to be won. Anyway, Marcus, let's no. move on. Let's wrap things up here. Where can people find you? Uh, your favorite actor dot com. That's where you can find all my social media links, all my work as an actor uh, in wrestling as well. Commentator, manager. And Shot of Wrestling as well. Uh, you could also find Shot of Wrestling, all forms of social media, at Shot of Wrestling. Guys, also make sure to please subscribe to our channels uh, all across the board. Spotify, Podbean, Google. Oh, we're all over the place, really. Yeah. Uh, but we really appreciate if you give us a review. We really want to know what you guys think of us and what we're doing here. Any recommendations at all, what you want to to hear from us let us know let me even know who you want me to interview next uh you know i took a week or two off from interviewing people but you know i want to get right back into it again so let me know who you want to who you want to be on the show uh we are the official podcast for bcw Breed combination wrestling march 19th queen of the north three they're back at, new, at ridgefield park new jersey uh so yeah we've been interviewing the contestants contestants wrestlers if you will for that show that's what i've been focusing on but yeah i'm i'm open to opening the doors here to forbidden doors if you will yeah to uh, outside of the northeast region here all right so um for mark schwann i've been your host at mark Party. until next week Party hey, baby i hear the bell ringing hip tosses and body slams oh my and maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>